Welcome to Printing Profits. Hey folks, welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Tyler Zuffer. Well, we finally reached the last episode of our second season, and we've got a real treat for you. See, today, I'm joined by our executive producer, Laura Gelvite. Laura also leads our content team here at Printify, who create fantastic articles for our blog. And if you haven't checked that out yet, I cannot recommend it enough. You can find it at printify.com blog. There's lots of great info on there about products, marketing, business tips, design trends, and so much more. But Today, Laura is here to chat with me about something else. After each of my interviews with our guests this season, I asked them one final question. What's the best advice you've ever been given about print-on-demand? And we've been saving them up so that Laura and I can go through them together with you right now. Laura, I can't believe I'm saying this, but welcome to the show. Hi. So what exactly, for the people who are listening, what exactly does an executive producer do? Oh my God. Um, I'm a bit more than an executive producer. I'm the content team lead at Printify and I do all bu- a bunch of stuff. I do the content marketing strategy and all the content that comes out of Printify, including this wonderful podcast that I've been producing for the last year, I want to say. Yeah, it feels, it feels like a lot, but it has been a year, two seasons in a year. And uh, for this last episode, I really wanted to talk to you because as uh, somebody who works through all the content, you know, making sure that people get their marketing tips, their design tips, basically anything that happens on our blog, um, who better to go through the best advice being given about POD, which is what we asked all of our guests this season. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you think about some of these clips. So why don't we drive right into it? Let's do it. All right. So when it came to best advice, one thing that our guest this season could really agree on was the importance of picking a niche and doing niche research. So when most sellers create um, and list those first few designs, whether they know it or not, they're actually really creating for themselves. And they really struggle to understand why no one else is buying their products. And Tiana Scott, who we talked to about building a business budget, explained why. The best advice that I've ever been given about POD is to design for demand. So to do everything I can to get to know um, my target audience, my customers, um, figure out what uh, niches are relatively low competition, are like highly searched and find those words and design for what people are already looking for rather than creating designs and praying that people come to me. Yeah, it's all about research. Um, I think it's great advice and especially knowing that in any company or brand that you work for, um, if they have company values, I guarantee one of them is going to be something along the lines of customer obsession. It's uh, you basically have to figure out who you're selling for. Right. Um, before you can, before you actually, you know, design anything or decide which products to put your designs on. Um, and to do that, you have to do some research, obviously. And I think also a really great advice in this is to understand what your competitors are doing. Nobody knows your their customers better than your competitors. Yeah. So figure out what they're selling, what designs they're, designs they're making, get inspiration, and do it better. 
Definitely. Now, just because you design for demand or research what customers in a niche like, it doesn't mean that you can't create or cater to what you yourself like as well. Christina Ramirez, who we spoke to about incorporating artificial intelligence tools uh, into her POD workflow, talked about how she ended up picking a niche that resonated with her and how it kept her going. I think the best advice given to me for print on demand was to find really specific niches to me. When I first started, I was trying to create designs for teachers and nurses and what I saw selling on Etsy instead of looking at my passions and my niches that I could design for because I was already in that niche and I was way more likely to stick out because I wasn't competing with thousands of other stores doing teaching and nursing. Instead, I loved creating designs for my store and I was able to make more sales that way. This is something I personally relate to because um, when I started with with my own personal store, I wasn't sure what to sell. So I was just trying, playing around with the designs that I could make with my own capabilities because, spoiler alert, not a designer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but eventually I, I kind of went with what I liked the most, which is like, fantasy romantic book talk inspired mm. designs i found a couple of freelancers to collaborate with i did learn a couple of design tricks myself which is crazy but it but it's all because i had so much fun doing it because the niche i picked was just something i was passionate about mm. and that makes it so so uh so much easier to to stick with it and to yeah and to make the products that somebody's gonna really, really like. Absolutely. Now, the other piece of advice uh, that our guests this season really stand by is just to keep going, to persist. Now, obviously, there's some growing pains when you start an online business. There's some frustrations, but you also never know which design might be the one to catapult your store to success unless you try, as Dory Schmidt, who we talked to about the importance of paying attention to the details, explained to me. And I would say that the best piece of advice that I've gotten is to keep going because you never know when your very next design could be the one <laughs> that gets you through that, um, that glass ceiling. It gets you the best seller badge. It takes off. And that's sometimes all you need to get a little bit of traction in your shop um, and a little confidence in your heart um, to keep going. So I would say when you don't want to keep going, keep going. I think it's important to understand for people who want to start out that all of these success stories that seem like overnight success stories that you see online, they're not overnight. Absolutely. There's so much work that goes into it. Um, those are the people that stuck with it, like really stuck with it, so that the, the ones that put in the work. And, uh, and that's how kind of, you know, that's when you blow up. It's our data shows that most people quit after making just a few sales and then they plateau mm. and that's when they kind of quit. Um, but if you power through, add more designs, another thing that our data shows is that the more, um, the more products and product variations, design variations, um, people have on their stores, the more they sell. So those are like, you know, most successful merchants. Uh, are the ones with hundreds of products mm. on their on their on their stores. Um, looking at it very logically, more more products means more curious, more work, of course, but it means that more people are gonna see it and search for it. 
Another thing to keep in mind that Etsy, like um, what I've noted, my, noticed myself, the longer a product is on Etsy, the the you know the higher it ranks, even without ads. And the more products you have, and the more you sell, and the more you know reviews you get, the higher it gets ranked by Etsy. So of course, the more more people are gonna see it. So you can't get discouraged. You have to keep going if you wanna if you really wanna make it. Absolutely. But I think it's also important to really just adapt and change your process as you go, because figuring out what doesn't work is just as important as understanding what does. And Alejandro Kaplan, who uh, I spoke to about customer service, really mentioned that a big part of this, a big part of customer service is actually listening to your customers. When you are selling your products to your customers, listen what they have to tell you and do some modifications to make make changes to your website, to your product, to your description, according to what they are saying to you. So I think the best thing you can do is to start and listen what they have to tell you. You know, I started off as a writer in my career, so I kind of <laughs> relate to it. I, I think I understand why it's sometimes so difficult to hear what the customer wants to say, because mm. I think people put so much of their identity in their products yeah. and in their designs. So it's obvious, obvious that if a customer says not so nice words, <laughs> it's going to be hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow, right? Yeah. But there, uh, there is feedback that you absolutely have to listen to um, about quality. Like, you know, you might test your products, you get samples, and then the t-shirt you have works, you know, is staying perfectly vivid and the, the design isn't washing out, but then your customer says, oh my God, I washed it twice and now it's gone. Maybe they use a different laundry detergent or something. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe they use bleach in their, <laughs> in their laundry. Listen to them, you know, maybe send them another t-shirt or something just because customer service is very, very important and sure. you have to know how to adapt. And you also have to know when to like back down. Mm. You know, you need to know when to stand your ground and just pick your battles. I think that's the, the advice. Absolutely. I mean, no matter how much you persist or how much you adapt, though, getting to a level where you're making the kind of money you want to uh, will mean, you know, adapting, but also keeping your goal in mind. And no matter how big or small it is. Uh, when I spoke to Joe Robert this season about what it means to build a brand online, uh, he explained it to me like this. No matter what you're doing in life, you need to remember why you actually started it because inevitably at some point there's going to be a time when it's not fun. Um, there's going to be a time where it feels like work. There's going to come a time where you try something and it doesn't work out. And if you're just doing this as you know a creative outlet for yourself like late at night or something and there's not a tangible reason for you to actually be spending time on a print-on-demand store, you're going to be one of those people that closes down their store. Um, and becomes frustrated and just kind of gives up. Yeah, um, this is a big topic with with my team. The, then you know when when you get bored of what you're doing, when you're kind of feeling burnt out. So, and I've been asked of like, how do you stay motivated? You've been doing this for so many years. I don't. I'm not always motivated. It's <laughs> discipline. Like in, I think it's I think it's a fact with anything. Yeah. It's discipline. It's waking up every morning and deciding to do what you need to do. And with print on demand and with um what Joe just said, um important to remember and understand why why you're doing this. Mm. So if it's if it is just a creative outlet, fine. That's completely fine. You can, you know, make a couple of 
hundred bucks every month, every month just to have, you know, extra money for an extra sweater. Or, you know, if you really want to make it big, if you want to, you know, spend four months a year in Bali working remotely and having a <laughs> passive income, sure. you're going to have to really double down and you're going to have to do the hard work. You're going to have to create a lot of designs. You're going to have to monitor your store and talk to customers and invest in marketing and all of that. You know, you have to do the footwork first and then. You can enjoy the cocktails later. I love that. I love that. Enjoy the cocktails later. It's funny that you mentioned the footwork, though, because one of the examples that I give to people about being successful in POD is this idea that I, I compare it to sort of running. I don't run at all, but I know that like there's, there's <laughs> many there's many types of people who run. You know, there's people who go for a jog every day. There's people who run half marathons, and then there are people who are Olympic sprinters, right? And so the difference between all these people is the amount of time and effort that they put in. And I think that success with POD is very much similar. You know, there's a lot of people who are, you know, just doing this, like Joe said, late at night, just to, you know, earn a couple bucks there. But the people who really succeed are those Olympic sprinters, you know, who really put in the time to ensure their success, right? But do you think it's a sprint? I do think it's more like a marathon. Oh, actually, you, you know what? To... Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe this is a, maybe being successful at POD is that full marathon, you know? Yeah, right. This is just kind of sticking <laughs> through it. Right. Now, the final bit of advice that our guests this season really stand by is making sure that you're showcasing your products in the best way possible. And it all starts with your mock-ups. Now, in my conversation with Gina Odato about fast-tracking your success, she mentioned how important mock-ups were to reaching her six-figure sales. The best advice I've ever been given about POD, um, I think personally is the mock-ups. Like I said earlier, mock-ups make or break your listing. It has to be aesthetically and visually pleasing. If it's not, your customer is going to scroll right by. You need to stop their scrolling with a mock-up. So focus on a good mock-up. Also try to not have the same mock-up that everybody else and their mother has on Etsy. There's some that just everybody has. If you can kind of stand out, and that's why I made my mock-up store to be a little different, to do outdoor mock-ups because I saw a lot of indoor mock-ups and I thought if I'm outside that might draw a customer in because it's a little different than what they're seeing and used to seeing on the Etsy result page. I couldn't agree more truly no I couldn't agree more um, and I'm gonna speak a little bit from marketing point of view but also from I want to be a successful merchant uh, point of view so from marketing perspective product photography right so it has to be pretty it has to be nice it's difficult because you don't actually sell the products yourself they're shipped from somewhere else right but uh, there's tools to to really you know you can either use ai or or tools like place it to create those mock-ups but i do have to agree where you don't use the same mock-ups others do you can look up your competitors and uh you know and and look what they're selling uh, like, I mean, what, what mock-ups they're using and don't use those. <laughs> you can even like, if you're selling a t-shirt with, I don't know, dancing skeletons, look that up mm. and you'll see that there's so many, um, mock-ups that are exactly the same. Like the, the design is different, but the mock-up is just exactly the same. So you're, you're not going to stand out. Um, so this is one of the, the competition is fierce. Yeah. So this is, I think one of the most important things to do is to have unique mock-ups um, when I was using Placeit, I purposefully didn't use the popular mockups. 
I actually steered clear of them. Like the mo the, the, the first that, you know, come, come up. Um, I will really dug deep and try to find the ones that are a little different and also that fit my niche better, whether it's like something that matches just the design and color, or maybe it's a person doing something that, you know, kind of relates to my niche. Um, that was a big help, but actually taking like getting the samples and taking the pictures made all the world like yeah. the whole that's that that's what you know really took uh, the sales off and i actually started making crazy sales after that um when i used real pictures so if you can do that do that but if you're using mock-ups don't go for the obvious skill right. don't go for the popular ones be unique stand out I'm glad that you brought up samples because the interesting thing about mock-ups, like you said, is that you know they're easy to get either by buying them online, a lot of people on Etsy do this, or they generate them with AI. But what really sells, like you just said, is using real examples of your products uh, in your mock-ups. And in, in fact, in my conversation with Ashley Whitlatch this season about marketing, uh, she stressed the importance of making that investment in samples. So I think the best advice that I've gotten in regards to POD is definitely getting the samples. I think that's something that was so crucial to having my business be kicked off with success and having a ton of repeat customers. I think that's been so exciting. And you're not going to have that unless you know that they're getting the quality that you want them to have. Again, couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm going to share a personal story. I uh, I got, I like every product that I have on my store, I got samples for. Um, one hoodie that was particularly proud of came came in and i realized it's just not the fit i want to sell mm. like it's not a hoodie than hoodies if you know what i mean it just <laughs> doesn't look good um it was very clearly styled and made and designed for a very bulky buff man um i don't think that i'm not not here to you know use stereotypes i don't think that bulky buff men read romanticy books so <laughs> it was um not really my target audience yeah. so i had to you know go go for different ones but uh big different um uh, products and um and another thing is again this is print on demand you don't you don't ship it to yourself you don't get to touch the product you don't get to you know check and pack it yourself and check the quality yeah. and that's extremely important why you absolutely have to get samples invest mm. invest in it you don't have to get every single design that you have you know but test it out because you don't want to be selling garbage to your <laughs> clients right like you want to be and not that there's any of that sure. on our catalog but uh, i'm saying that it might not be to your liking. It might not fit the way that you want. It might be lower quality than what you would love to have on your store, but you have to test it out. doesn't matter if it's a sticker or a hoodie or a tapestry or something like that. You have to, yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, sounds like good advice all across the board. Make sure you focus your niche, adapt them to what you like, persist, uh, don't give up, put in the work, make sure you have your goal ahead of you. Make sure your mock-ups and you're showcasing your products the best way. And finally, of course, you know, get those samples, invest in them, right? I think that's pretty – what would you say? Is there anything else that, it's, that as a seller yourself that you think it would be really good advice for, uh, for somebody? Oh, my God. Persevere. Persevere, yeah. Don't Persevere. give up. <laughs> Don't give up. And also try to have a good time with it. It is stressful. Like Etsy, like selling, 
stresses me out. Yeah. But it's fun also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a really like it's a double edged sword where it is stressful, but it's a lot of fun. So persevere. Let me ask you a question. Uh, one of my interviews uh, that I've that I've that we've done this season, a lot of the stuff that I've heard is that to be really successful, um, whether it's Etsy or Shopify, you kind of have to have um, a level of ob- obsession with it. Do you agree with that? I think that's with anything. Yeah. Right. Like with any kind of work that you do, and especially in creative outlets, and especially with like online in online businesses. So whether you are an influencer or you have an online store or you sell courses or you're a life coach, whatever, you know, it's, you have to have a certain level of obsession. I think most successful people have, have that. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree. Well, Laura, uh, thanks for doing this with me today and sharing your thoughts. It's been a lot of fun. And also thank you for uh, putting this season together with me. And I can't wait to see what we come up with next. Me too. Thank you for having me. Exactly. And thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to this season and the first. We'll be back again with a new one next year. So no matter where you are in the world, have a happy holiday season and, of course, a happy new year. This is Printing Profits. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Laura and all of our guests this season for chatting with us and sharing their journeys with you, and at the same time, introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer, Laura Javite, Associate producers, Anita Njoki and Amalia Schwarzkopfa. Technical and video production, Emils Yasuns and Valerie Zolechno. Sound production, Christos Hartmanis. And I'm Tyler Suffer. See you next time.